And we see a few companies who uh, not only want to use blockchain for, I would say, for operational improvement, logistics, supply chain, procurement, quality, making the machine work better, but also they want to use blockchain to maybe create totally novel services that would not exist otherwise could be a combination of payment and identity. It could be some other form of IoT embedded service that can only be delivered through blockchain. So in that case, we would not just be looking at improving the operations, you know, sort of a supply chain back office message, but also creating novel top line benefit through new services being brought to market. Connect, influence, optimize. You're listening to The Channel Channel, a podcast for executives and others involved in the authorized sale of electronic components. Brought to you by the ECIA, the Electronic Component Industry Association. Working to promote and improve the authorized distribution channel. Welcome to this episode of the Channel Channel, ECIA's podcast. And I'm joined today by our guest, Christophe Begay from IBM. And uh, we're very happy to have him with us today. And uh, so welcome, Christoph. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Yeah. So we start every episode by asking every guest their favorite word. So we'll give you a second here, but uh, we'd like to know what your favorite word is. Uh, well, um, that's a tough question. Uh, there's probably many. But uh, one that comes to mind is maybe um, uncertainty or, you know, one could say maybe impermanence. So the recognition that we can plan as we, as much as we think we, we can or should, uh, but at the end of the day, the real nature of things is to change and uh, we need to take that into account, uh, hopefully to our benefit or know how to go with the flow. Yeah, that's great. That makes total sense. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Christoph. I mean, how did you get into the industry and the path that you followed to get where you are today with IBM? Yeah, so at IBM, I focus on the electronics industry, meaning I, I work in, with a set of clients that are all in the electronics industry, which at IBM goes from um, semiconductor foundry up to consumer electronics, including uh, uh, semiconductor, a lot of uh, distributors, and, and then a lot of OEM, uh, different form of computing and then, uh, uh, medical equipment and consumer electronics. I've pretty much worked all my life in that industry. I've been about a little bit over 20 years at IBM, always focusing on mostly supply chain and electronics type of thing. And then before that, I was at uh, Philips and uh, Philips Electronics in the US. And then before that, I was at the at Mars Electronics, who makes uh, different type of uh, components that goes into vending machines. And my job at IBM, it's mostly to uh, leverage the, the technology we bring to market, like cloud, AI, analytics, blockchain, and to really package that in a way that is relevant to our client set. So there are clients who are interested in uh, you know, very generic cross-industry type of technology, but most of our clients are really interested not so much in the technology, but what they can do with it for the purpose of solving their business priorities. 
So my job is really to be that interface between you know, what IBM is bringing to market in a fairly cross-industry way, and then take that and apply it specifically to the need of the electronics industry as, as we see it. Well, that sounds really exciting. And I'm sure it take, takes you through a lot of interesting meetings and a lot of interesting, interesting things in the industry. Uh, so what are some of the IBM blockchain projects being worked on for 2020? So, so in 2020, we're really going to, to focus on, um, on thing as it comes to blockchain. So first of all, to, to continue to improve our IBM blockchain platform, which is really based around the Hyperledger standard. So to, to make the open source Hyperledger even better, but also to improve our instantiation of that um, open source project through our platform. One thing we are focusing in particular is to leverage our investment in Red Hat to make the deployment of blockchain solution more flexible and easier and to combine public, public cloud with um, private cloud and different form of uh, deployment for our clients. So that's number one. Number two is to uh, grow our existing blockchain networks. So many companies are not really interested in developing their own blockchain solution. They, they want to use a solution that uses blockchain and we have several networks that do that. I will mention uh, Treadlands, which is really a blockchain solution focused on the ocean shipping, and which is you know, very much in market. Um, another one is Trust Your Supplier, which is a, a blockchain-based solution focused on the supplier management. And then a third one, which we call Food Trust, it's really a, a provenance solution, which very much started in the food industry. So think about uh, uh, tracking and tracing the provenance of uh, vegetables or fruits or different type of food through the very complex uh, food supply chain. But more and more we see that other companies outside of uh, the food industry are interested in reusing the same technology. So here we, we have solutions, we are in existence. Our focus in 2020 is going to, to scale the adoption of a solution basically to, to bring a larger ecosystem to, to start to use them. And then, you know, thirdly, third priority is really to, to work with clients that have particular needs, specific interests, and want to develop their own blockchain solution for a particular use case on which we're working. So that would be the, the three things we're going to do. Well, those are, again, very exciting things. And I, and I know with ECIA and our working group, uh, we look forward to working with you on some of these things this year. Um, but following up a little bit on the November webinar we have with you, which you just mentioned Trade Lens and Trust Your Supplier as a couple of, and another one, I think the third one. But what does it, what does it involve for a company to subscribe to, to those already existing blockchains that are out there? I'm sure there's a lot of effort, time, resources, cost, et cetera. Maybe you could comment on that a little bit. Yeah, so, so I think it's um, for, for any of these solution, one could say uh, almost like for any solution, blockchain or not, it's important to know uh, where you want to start. So for example, if I look at Treadlands, it, it focuses on ocean, ocean shipping. So um, a company was interested in using um, our Treadlands solution to track uh, ocean, ocean shipping movement. Uh, in, in their company, probably they don't want to put everything in one go, right? They may be interested in a particular lane, you know, uh, Shenzhen, uh, Long Beach, or some other lane. So, so 
they would uh, work with us uh, to basically subscribe to a set of point-to-point and a set of services, like I'm interested in custom declaration, I'm interested in shipping status, I'm interested in ASN, all, all of that possibly. So based on that, on you know, the, the lanes and the type of documents, it sort of defined the subscription price. But let's be, let's be clear, there's a bit more work than just subscribing, right? To, uh, you would have to be able to uh, probably provide some data, you know, what are my products, uh, what are those um, ASN that I'm going to track, who are my partners, you know, uh, am I using a particular freight forwarder? So there's a little bit of a process scoping, some uh, data integration that needs to be done. So that's a little bit of work. Uh, which we would do you know, with a client, or maybe they'll do on their own or contract somebody else to do it. And then the third piece of work, which they don't need to do in the short term, but they may want to think of, is that once they've done that, uh, how is that transforming their overall logistic processes? You know, are they just going to do exactly the same, but with better visibility and traceability? Mm-hmm. Or is that an opportunity to maybe rethink about the way they share data internally or externally? or maybe use it to provide a different type of commit to some of your clients. So maybe some element of transformation that may be brought forward by using that solution. So um, of course, that's in many cases where the value resides. Right? Uh, and uh, so there'll be some, some work associated to that. So the, you know, the, for all these solutions, the, the narrow definition of the work is just, what, do, what are the services I want to use how do I connect to, to that, but define a subscription price? The price of that is very minimum. Uh, and then there is some data integration. How do I get data into it? And then is that leading to an opportunity to transform some of my, and improve some of my processes? I would think that this is a great way for companies to, to get engaged in a blockchain solution that's already out there, already operating on the market, uh, as opposed to getting in on the total on the very front end. Yeah, exactly. So, so if you think about um, trust your supplier, which is really about managing uh, the, the data associated with me, the metadata associated with suppliers, who they are, their reason of business, their location, their capabilities, and so on. If a company has thirty thousand suppliers, probably they don't want to bring thirty thousand on online on trust your supplier in one way. You know, they may want to focus on a particular set of commodities or, or their big ones, or to the contrary, maybe their medium ones that are important for their business, but where they don't have a very, very strong relationship yet. So, so the good thing with this solution is that they come in complement, you know, bringing additional capabilities and visibility on top of existing business systems. So, it's not a big, uh, it's not a big bang approach. It's, it makes sense to try to, in that case, maybe try to to use trust your suppliers with 30 or 50 uh, suppliers, and then in wave two maybe to add another hundred, and then in wave three maybe another 10,000. But there's a lot of uh, learning and experimentation that can be done at a relatively low uh, cost, uh, in you know on, on how to adopt solutions. No, that totally makes sense. Uh, you know, one more question on this topic before we leave it. I know that we've talked about trade lens and, and most of our companies, most of ECIA companies move their freight around the world through the air and not necessarily through the ocean on the containers. Um, 
Is there a timeline for Trade Lens to to move forward in within the? Yeah. Airship? So yes, and, and IBM very much uh, the same use um, a lot of airshipping as opposed to ocean shipping. So we will definitely get there on um, uh, air shipping. Uh, I'm not going to commit to a particular timeline because uh, at IBM, when we say a date, we tend to have to stick it. So uh, yes, we're working on it. It's not available today, but it's definitely um, a requirement. We know that in iTech, uh, for your client set for, for sure, yeah, there's a lot of, in fact, there's a majority of airship shipment versus ocean. So um, it's something that we need to, to bring to the industry. Yeah, great. I'm sure there'll be some interest there going forward. Uh, another question. Uh, I know last year there was a blockchain workshop that was held in New York City last June, actually. And there were some electronic component manufacturers and distributors, including ourselves at ECIA, who attended that. Uh, what was the outcome of that workshop and where are things today? Yes. Uh, so the, the starting point, the premise behind that workshop is that if we look, if we look across the electronics industry at large, meaning you know, the, uh, the members of ECIA, but also maybe the, the users of electronics componentry, so maybe automotive, aerospace and defense, um, there's a lot of uh, need for additional uh, trustability and visibility of our components across the supply chain in terms of answering the question, is that component really uh, who it is, pose? Is that component really the serial number that's on the, on the, on the, printed on the label? Is it coming from a trusted source as I think it is? Uh, can actually, do I actually know its quality characteristics? And then more on the reverse supply chain, uh, when I'm looking at a particular system, uh, can I trust the origination of every single sub-assemblies and components? Do I have some view on their history and have they been procured for the accepted and proper channels? So there's a lot of inefficiency in the industry around this type of question. So the premise was that uh, if we bring people that represent more distribution and components and OEM, we could start to scope what would be a a provenance solution for the electronics industry, a little bit like a, a food trust for electronics, although we have no intention of eating any of this, but you know, providing the sort of uh, visibility service across the supply chain that, uh, that we have created in, in food trust, but for the electronics industry. So I think the, the outcome of, uh, of that workshop was that, yes, in fact, there is interest. Um, there is multiple ways of approaching that, uh, that uh, problem. Not everybody wants to focus on exactly the same thing. Some people are more on very complex system and the very complex documentation associated with system. Others are more in terms of uh, sourcing the components from the right source. So what we are doing right now is to basically uh, convene the smaller groups of, of companies and trying to define if we were to do a pilot, where do you want that pilot to focus? And how can we use that pilot as being step one into a larger solution, not only for these people participating to the pilot, but for the industry at large eventually. So uh, we will you know, publish, do some, uh, uh, some publishing around that in a couple of weeks, couple of months maximum on the status of this pilot and how we can uh, bring that to the industry at large. That's great. 
Sounds like some great progress. Uh, so maybe last question here would be, so when, when should companies get involved? And maybe this is kind of a three-part question, but when should companies get involved and how do they take the first step and what areas of their company should they be looking at first? So, yeah, there are multiple ways to get involved and they're all good, right? And, but um, it's a matter of orchestrating them the right way. So the first one is probably uh, education. You know, what is blockchain? What does it mean for me? What does it mean for my industry? What are others doing? And, you know, this type of podcast, this type of webinar we've done, all the form of uh, documentation is available out there. There's a fair amount and, and people are welcome to reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to, to share some more. So that's probably one, education, awareness. The second thing is then you have uh, basically two major options. Do, do I have a pretty precise need? And I know there is a solution out there that address that need. Uh, should I join one of those existing solutions? So if I'm doing ocean shipping, uh, is it worth for me to join, join Treadlet? So, you know, the approach here is probably to evaluate the validity and the value of a solution a little bit like you would evaluate joining some sort of SaaS solution, right? Sure. And then another approach is to say, well, um, I, I may do that, but I, I probably have a larger need that I need to understand. So maybe I define a bit of a blockchain strategy for me, right? So... Uh, and part of that strategy may be to join an existing solution, could also be uh, develop some of my own ecosystem or reach out to some of my suppliers or clients to jointly develop a solution. So having some sort of a roadmap on how am I going to combine different form of um, uh, blockchain engagement into an overall strategy would probably be valuable for, for most companies. That could be a couple of days worth of work, or it could be a bit more involved, depending on uh, the appetite and, and the size of the company and where they see blockchain playing. And we see a few companies who uh, not only want to use blockchain for, I would say, for operational improvement, logistics, supply chain, procurement, quality, making the machine work better, but also they want to use blockchain to maybe create totally novel services that would not exist otherwise. It could mm. be a combination of payment and identity. It could be some other form of IoT embedded service that can only be delivered through blockchain. So in that case, we would not just be looking at improving the operations, you know, sort of a supply chain back office message, but also creating novel top line benefit through new services being brought to market. Well, that's perfect. That's, that's some really good information. Thank you. So that kind of brings us to the end here. And before we close, Christoph, is there anything else that you want to talk about or bring up here at the end? What I would say to, um, to people listening to the podcast, at the end of the day, like everything, right, you can uh, do a lot of reading and education, but the real value is in the doing, right? Uh, reading about marathon running doesn't really improve your time on the marathon. So, uh, Blockchain is the same. Very, it can be many different things to different companies. It, it can uh, bring different form of value. The ambition and the strategy may be different. So the key point in getting started, getting started in actually playing with the tools, uh, playing with the solution. There's a lot of uh, available development environment, that, uh, including at IBM, where people can come and experiment. And they can get some of our developers to play with the technology and maybe some of our more business people to look at potential value of a pilot. So there is a lot of value in doing in addition to talking about it. Well, 
Thank you, Christoph. And on behalf of ECIA, we just want to thank you for taking the time today to come on with us and talk to talk to our uh, member companies and sharing this great information. So we're very excited to continue to work with you on this. And uh, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you.